Hey, it's Maggie. I can't get to my phone right now. You know what to do. Dude, Maggie, I have something to tell you. You gotta call me back. So we're justifying tattoos because of kidnapping. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I don't fuck with this. This is not not for the Tia. Like, I don't like this. There was like a, a fear of like failure. So I, I would always go to 80% and then I would never give that last 20. You see me happy crying. You see me sad crying. You see me pissed off crying. All it takes is tears. If I brought them around you, they'd be like, are you crazy? Like this girl's a nut job. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> hey, it's Maggie and Tia, and this, this is Call Your BFF. So, uh, guys, fun fact for you all: Maggie's doing her job in a different state of the Utahs, and she left me in charge to create this episode. And your girl has no skills whatsoever. In editing, recording, Spotifying, and Apple Music. I don't even know what we put our stuff on, to be honest. Because um, Maggie does all of it. And I just come to talk. So here is your episode today of Tia being unapologetically herself and not knowing how to do anything that Maggie does to make Call Your BFF work. So here's a quickie for your fun Friday. And we'll see you next week, dudes. Psych. Ha. <laughs> uh, got him. Gotcha. We're both here. <laughs> Don't worry. No one thing you do that to you. <laughs> My perfectionist tendencies would never let that happen. <laughs> yeah, we're never letting me edit an episode ever. <laughs> It'll just be me making an audio recording and just talking about random shit and being like, all right, we're good. Clear. Yeah. Clear. <laughs> or it's Texas to Maggie. Here's our episode. Can you put it up for us? <laughs> and it's just an iMessage audio recording. <laughs> 25 minutes of me rambling about random shit I see. <laughs> I love it. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed last week's podcast episode from our, what, how do you say the word again? Existential. Existential questions. Yes. Um. Oh, you know who actually messaged me? Who? Danny messaged me and she was like, Tia, tr- sure shit. The same year that you saw your UFO, I saw a UFO and like rushed <gasps> home and talked to her dad about it. And I was like, dude, that's crazy. So Danny also believes Dang. in UFOs. Dang. We're going to have to collect everybody that saw a UFO that night. Yes. Okay. We have to continue our tradition, and by tradition, yes. I mean round two of our fun facts of cool. countries. <gasps> yes, and what country are we doing today? Our country of the week of countries that have downloaded a podcast episode is, drumroll please, <laughs> Ireland. Ooh, really? <laughs> Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So fun fact. This is the additional fun name. fact. Yeah. Irish. Tia's last name is Irish and she is not Irish. Maybe like a sliver. <laughs> like a few percentage points. So I got a little spice of the Irish in me. What's our fun fact? Ironically, 
Just like you are not Irish, or maybe a sliver, St. Patrick yes. was also not Irish. That's rude. Right? What was he? Um, it says the Christian missionary was Romeo British and was sold into slavery by Irish raiders at a young age. One day what? he escaped and returned to convert the Celtic polytheists in Ireland. Sure. His exact story is a bit mysterious, but we can conclude one thing. He was definitely not Irish. That's wild. He must be rolling Seriously. over in his grave. Every time we have St. Patrick's Day. Right. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but my other fun, fun fact was that there are around 30,000 castles in Ireland. And that Ooh. just sounds so cool and beautiful. And I want to go cool. to all of them. I do too. I also have heard that, you know, like Blarney Stone and how everyone kisses yes. Blarney Stone. My mom Don't kiss it. Blarney Stone because drunk people, people pee, pee, on, pee it. on it. Yep. So yeah, Sheila's that's pretty gross. pee. Yuck. Yeah. I would like to go to Ireland because I feel like it's very green and hilly and beautiful. And Irish accents are very fun. If I were to go anywhere, I would love to yeah. go to Greece, France, or Ireland. All great options. Or Scotland. Yeah. I feel like Scotland's pretty up there with, or like similar to Ireland. But I think Scotland is the place that has the oldest golf course, and that's where Brady really wants to go, which makes sense. He loves Ooh. golf. Yeah, we could do the golf outing there. We could. <laughs> that would be an episode. So speaking of episodes... Today's topic is actually one that came from your uncle. Shout out to my uncle Jeff for giving us this idea. Yeah, so he requested us doing an episode on being unapologetically ourselves. So he said, just listen to season one, episode one of Call Your BFF. This should be interesting, exclamation point. I truly think you two should do an episode on how to be, quote unquote, unapologetically yourself. I say this because that's something you've always done and I think it is a strength. I don't know how to teach it per se, but it's an idea. I was like, that's so cute. Aww. I was like, thank you. I also don't know how I've been unapologetically myself this whole almost 28 years of existence. But I was like doing some reflecting and I was just like, I feel like both of us were raised to be like very like independent and like true to who we are. So I think a lot of that Mm -hmm. comes down to like how we were raised but then I also think about like I always like wanted to be liked by everybody but I also didn't give a shit if someone didn't like me yeah I I was also thinking kind of that same thing because I was reflecting on it and I was like have I always been authentic to myself and I was having that same kind of like Okay, yeah, in like middle school, well, especially in like elementary school right. and middle school and like I think half of high school, it was like I cared what people thought and then I got to a point where I was like, I actually don't like you people. Yeah. And I don't really care what you think. Yeah. <laughs> so I and I think that's where like you you I think it's like not even being like authentic is not something that I think you like learn how, to, not that you learn how to do it. Cause like the term in itself authentic is just like being you. Right. But I think it's like, once you hit that point of being okay with who you are yeah. or like accepting yourself for who you are and everything like that. And ironically, like over the past two months, I have become 
super aware. <laughs> this is going to be funny <laughs> for anybody. Well, most people that listen to this probably know what I look like, yeah. but super aware of the gap in my front teeth. Like I have had it now for 27.8 years, <laughs> but all of a sudden the past two months, I'm like, Oh man, like I have this huge gap in my front teeth <laughs> because I was looking into like getting the, what's it called? Um, like Invisalign and Cause now like I didn't get braces when I was in high school cause it was so expensive. Yeah. And now I, I could like get it for like $1,200 and pay for it for like a year. So and I'm like, that's like not bad. But then I was like thinking and I was like, but then I feel like that kind of takes away like, I, not that it's like a personality of mine, but it's like what people have come to like know me right. as like good or bad, whether I care or not. But it's like, Remember when I photoshopped my That's teeth for that picture of us? My in brain was going to. I was like, I, <laughs> I, was, I love that picture of us. That was our first like spring fling together too. So it, that, that is so interesting. Like it's almost like this like identity crisis in a way, where I even think about this mm-hmm. with like all the scars that I have, like with like surgeries and different things. But like mm-hmm. one of my scars that I have like is on my lip, and I've had this scar since I was two years old. And I've had, like, every time I've had a surgery, they're like, oh, like, we can give you ointment for that to make it, like, not be there. And I'm like, I don't know what I would look like without that. And, like, it is something that's so small, but, like, that's me. It'd be weird not to have, like, the scar. Isn't that crazy to think, too? Like, I, like, recognize the scar that you Mm -hmm. have, but it's, like, a part of your face to me. It's not, like... If somebody were, like, I don't know, never, it would never be like, oh, you know, the girl with the scar right here on her lip, right? (laughs) you know, but like, there's certain things that you think about yourself that you think are so much more visible or so much more noticeable that like other people either don't even notice, don't care, or it's like completely irrelevant. Literally. But then I think about like, if I were to be kidnapped... Okay, what are the identifying things that they're going to know <laughs> that, it's that's my That's going to be on the wanted poster. Yeah, it's going to be this, this slash on my lip, a peach on my ass, <laughs> and a clover on my ankle, <laughs> and 13 scars that are, like, scattered throughout my body. Like, my body would be very easily identified because I have all of these different things that make Tia Tia. <laughs> So we're justifying tattoos because of kidnapping. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and we pray that get tattoos, kidnaps- kids. <laughs> and we pray whoever kidnaps Maggie does not take out her teeth. <laughs> yes, keep the dental records. Yep. Take everything else but the teeth. But yeah, that was like my first thought mm-hmm. of feel it like that authenticity because that well that's just been for some reason been in my head for the past like few weeks two months I think I I started getting a bunch of ads for the Invisalign Mm -hmm. and I was contemplating doing it or investing in it at some point this year and then I was like it's just such a cosmetic thing I just don't know right if I really want to or or yeah like you said like an identity crisis of like I you know I have the same thing with like dyeing my hair too yes like every now and then I'm like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna go like espresso again like just all one dark color but then I like then I see like the little blonde streaks Mm -hmm. and like the underside of my hair is blonde and like 
it's just from the chlorine and the sun. And I'm like, why would I do like, this is just me. Like yeah. it's got the chlorine, the sun, the, you know, everything else that makes me, me. Yes. I will say the one thing that I take away is the gray hairs that I've gotten in this very ripe age. Yes. I pluck those babies. I'm like, I don't care if you're knowledge, you're gone. Me too. Grad school yeah. was when I first started getting grays and I would get like three per semester. So I was like, this is trash. It's because I'm stressed. I don't even know if that's even correlated to, like, producing grays. No idea. Yeah, I want to know why. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm too young for grays. Thank you. But Brady gets more grays, so that makes me feel a little bit better about myself. But I'll just pluck them. I hope. I don't know if I will be because I don't think my grandma and my mom – well, my grandma on my dad's side had gray. Okay. And she didn't really ever do anything with her hair. But my grandma on my mom's side was like a blonde white. Mm-hmm. But when I'm old, I just – I hope I go platinum. <laughs> like Ooh. if I just go all gray, I will just I will just commit to the platinum Yes. <laughs> and what age do you think, though, that's when we embrace it? Because I feel like that is such like a beauty standard in our culture of like when is it appropriate per se for females to go gray? Yeah. I feel like naturally it probably starts to happen more noticeably around late 40s, yeah. early 50s of when you have to start doing like root, root have to, when most people start to do root, root touch-ups. Yeah. Um, I feel like nobody really accepts it until they're probably 60? late 60s. Yeah. yeah. I feel like... Unless they just... Because a lot of blondes go like white, and mm. the, then it's like it's like a blonde. It's like a pretty white. Yeah. Um, but I think dark dark hair tends to go more gray, yeah. and then it's more noticeable. So here's my gripe: Why, when men turn gray, it's called like a touch of gray or a silver fox? What are we when we turn gray? Oh yeah, silver. Like, fox. am I a silver fox? Old. I want to be a silver fox. So I feel like I, once I start like actually <laughs> turning gray, I. I'm so low maintenance with hair. Like, I don't think I would go in every time to, like, dye my hair. Like, I don't don't think that'd be me. Like, I think I would really embrace it. Um, I say that now, but once I actually start actually turning gray, when it's more than, like, three hairs every couple of days, I may have a different answer, but. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, once my roots start going gray, like, I'm going to just, I think I might just dye my hair gray. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just, like, fully commit to it. (laughs) I'd rather I'd rather upkeep making my hair gray than, than upkeep keeping my hair dark. That's a good yeah. point. Okay, so then do we dye our eyebrows gray? I would look like a witch, though. Yeah, because I would still want my long I hair. I would look like an absolute witch. <laughs> also, I have to send you one of these, but it, like the, all the videos and memes that are like, where are my like curly-ish, straight-ish, wavy-ish hair types yes. that... Either you either wake up and you have like really nice voluptuous yes. waves or you look like a yes. witch. And I'm like, me. <laughs> me too. But like circling back too, because we didn't go on a tangent there. But I think like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're being authentic. Probably. I think this is us. But um, when I think about yeah. like being authentic too, I kind of think back to like our existential talk a little bit too of like our morals and like, who we are as people. Mm-hmm. I think I know like we really appreciate like trustworthiness and honesty and kindness and helping others and helping ourselves and 
all of those things I think equate to like just being your full true self. Cause the more that we're like our true full self, the more happy we are. Like I'm not like pretending to like certain things Mm -hmm. or to do certain things. And like, I guess thinking back to like high school age, like there were definitely things that I did that I was like, I don't fuck with this. This is not, not for the Tia. Like I don't like this. But we would do it sometimes because that's what your friends were doing. Or you were, like, hanging out with them and doing stuff. We won't share stories because some of my listeners don't right. need to know some of those things. But um, yeah. I think as we get older, I think it's easier to be our full authentic self because we're finding ways of, like, where our energy makes sense and, like, fills up our company. Yeah, and I, I feel like with that high school age too and even college and young adult but there's so much like experimenting to Mm -hmm. do to be able to find who you are authentically yeah and i'm not saying that you should go do drugs to figure out if you want to (laughs) be a druggie but (laughs) don't do drugs like you you yeah but like you figure out along the way of like oh i'm not really into this like you know style of clothes or I'm not into this like kind of group of people that do this stuff I don't know it's like I feel like we're it's so hard for us because so much of our personality and identity is wrapped up into like sport Mm -hmm. and stuff too like growing up too and I always feel like that and Tyler and I have these talks a lot too of like it kind of keeps you on like the straight and narrow yeah it does growing up because you're you have like another authority figure in your life that you don't want to disappoint or that is looking to you as you know being responsible and stuff mm-hmm. and you kind of can't like teeter when you're a part of a team or you're you or know like you lose trying your to spot or you know do something like those repercussions right. and so that kind of stuff kind of like changes the path that you are mm-hmm. on at certain points in your life but I don't know where I was going with that, but I think like just like in the t- the periods of life where you're like figuring out who you are, mm-hmm. I feel like are important to then become like authentic, yeah. you know, because if you don't ever experiment and it's like, I feel like when I say experiment, it sounds like it's Bad. like <laughs> drink and do drugs, <laughs> but it's not, it's not all bad. <laughs> but it's not, it's like, Hey, join like the cricket club, you know? Cricket clubs, so if you like that, or like in the US, join the but... school yearbook thing, yeah. like all those like things that like that people are so afraid in high school, of, like oh people are gonna think I'm a nerd if I join the chess team, right? Or like people are gonna think I'm like don't have friends if I join, Eater. you know, this club, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, but you could be missing out on like a whole identity that you don't know that you mm-hmm. are. Because you never actually like took the first step into that. (laughs) Because you were afraid of what like your high school crush was gonna think, who's a loser now that you literally has a POS. (laughs) I think about it in a way too, because it's it's a lot of like what we had access to, but also like I think back to when I was like in middle school and high school, like I wanted to be involved in so many different things. And I think some of like the trends like I would follow at that point were like very sports related. Like I would wear like socks and sandals. Still love that look. Um, that one's never going away. That is unapologetic. <laughs> Still eclectic. Yes, that is. We are here for it. <laughs> but I think about like snap pants and like like stupid shit like that. Or like oh, yeah. in middle school when like 
leggings and jean skirts like you wore that together and like just different things that are so cringe but also (laughs) back then it was like a part of like fitting in but also finding my own style because like growing up I was a hardcore tomboy like loved the comfy clothes and like I didn't really give a shit like Mm -hmm. what other people thought and I think part of me like was able to be more unapologetically myself at a young age because I wasn't super girly so I didn't care to wear a lot of the dresses I would sometimes but like I was more comfortable wearing things that made me comfortable so I think that also helps is like finding like what your style is and your comfort levels and running with that and just like being confident in that too which I feel like also takes like time Mm -hmm. to develop that confidence but 100 um, what is something that you would tell like your middle school or high school self knowing now that we're both unapologetically ourselves Ooh, probably like to not be afraid to try new things or to like put yourself out there more so I think especially like with where I'm at now with like design and marketing and everything I look back and I'm like man I would have been so good on the yearbook oh my gosh yeah (laughs) or whatever you call it yeah like I that would have been such a fun year but that and I don't think I ever truly applied myself to anything and so I probably could have been a lot better in multiple areas of athletics and school and everything if I just would have tried. But again, I think it was that like judgment of not like not being smart or whatever, but I think it was, there was like a a fear of like failure. So I I would always go to 80% and then I would never give that last 20 because if I went to 80% and I wasn't that good, it was better than going to a hundred and still and not being that good, but having to accept that I wasn't good. And so it was like, well, if I just give 80% to everything, I won't ever be disappointed. It's like an excuse looking back at it of like, I'm never gonna, I'm gonna protect myself so that if I don't put in 100% in the pool, like if I, if I have a bad race, it's still in my head, I can justify it as, well, I don't really care, or I didn't try that hard, or I, I like, this heart practice was hard or something, instead of giving my all and then still falling short and being like, I don't know what else I have to give. Like, I'm just bad. <laughs> I'm just bad. How about you? <laughs> oh, that was so deep. Yeah, exactly. So I asked that question not even knowing what I would say myself. Um, so I was like thinking about it as we were talking about those times. And like, I, yeah. think, I think more so back to middle school, because I feel like for me, with like my family moving, going into high school, I knew I had like a fresh start and like I could do what Tia wanted to do. Like I had no like back baggage and like the small town I grew up in, like everyone knew everything about everybody and just like the dramas of like families and like everyone's families knew everybody and just like that type of thing where I think if my family would have stayed in Berlin, like I probably would have drank a lot, probably would have like chosen a lot of paths that weren't great and like aren't Tia. So I think my family moving actually helped me be my full authentic self rather than following the pack and like drinking and like doing all those things because in brilliant, there's like nothing to do but drink and maybe like shoot some deer yeah. that type of thing. But so I think back to like, if I could talk to my middle school self, I think I would tell myself that like none of the drama matters and it's okay mm-hmm. if I don't fit in and I always talk to everybody, so I don't even want to tell myself, like, to do that. But I think about, like, how I did talk to, like, every single person, even the people that were, like, 
the quote unquote weirdos or like the socially awkward kids. Like, I think I wish I would have cared less about that thing and just would have been there just to like connect with people. Cause I love connecting with people and like hanging out with people and also like not caring if like my clothes weren't Aeropostale or like, I don't even remember what was like the big brands back when we were that age, but like caring about those things. uh, Definitely Aeropostale and uh, Hollister Hollister and Pink. Yes. Like I, I wish I would tell myself that that stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. And uh, there was times I totally felt left out back then because my family didn't buy that stuff. And all my stuff I did have that was that was like hand-me-downs, which was still I was very thankful for. But I think like not caring about the superficial things is what I would tell myself if I could re-talk to myself. With high school too, taking more risks. Because I think I was just too afraid to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I think letting myself make mistakes then. Probably would have saved me from a lot of mistakes yeah. we made in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something I think about a lot too. And like, especially with seeing the way that other people like came into school yeah. and behaved and reacted. And it was like, wow, like you never left your house in high school, did you? Yes. <laughs> you don't know how to handle yourself in any no. situation. Social skills. <laughs> Which we have the social skills. We were good about Or that like, part. yeah. Or the whole like, like oh, you've clearly been drinking since you were fifteen. <laughs> like it's yep, very and obvious. then there was me who like never drank that was... at all, and they're like, "Ooh, yeah, this girl has never put back before." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I put it back. <laughs> I was gonna make that comment too. Like, I think it was like junior year, and then definitely senior year, because Sarah and I were the. Uh, the DDs yeah. every time we went to the toad. I'll never forget the time that I pulled up to uh, the toad yeah. and it was snowing. It was like around this time I drove yeah. my black yes. car and there was like all the boys, like yes. swim team friends were all in the back seat. And I literally pulled up and I parked right in front of the toad and I walked in and the bouncer was like, you're really going to park right in front of the bar. And I was like, I'm not drinking. And he was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, I'll see you on my way yeah. out. <laughs> but side story. But um, I was going to say at some point in college, there was like definitely a point where I was like, you know, I just don't even want to like drink. Or I, I was very okay with going out and not having to. And now like I actually really don't drink. I don't yeah. remember the last time I had drink. Same. But that's a huge, not like authentic piece, but it, it is because I am being true to myself. Mm-hmm. But it, like accepting or like not giving into that peer pressure mm-hmm. was a huge thing for I think somebody to like deal yeah. with cuz that is like I think that there was definitely a point in college where I definitely like just transformed into mm-hmm. like kind of who I am now obviously like learn and grow right. still but I kind of put my foot down and had that realization of like I don't really care if this person doesn't think I'm cool or I don't care if this person doesn't like right. me or hey if that guy that I like thinks I'm lame because I'm not drinking, then maybe not the guy right. for me. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Like you have that like click yeah. and yeah, I wish you could like go back and like shake your like 14 year old self and be like, none of this matters and it's okay. You're you don't have to amazing. do that. Or... <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, there's so much of that that I feel like you have to experience to, become. to be able to figure out. Yeah. Kind of who you are yeah. and what you like and everything. And- 
I'm going to go clinical a little bit here, but like when we think about brain development, middle school and high school is the time of when we're first going through our identity and figuring out who we are and culturally is a huge influence too when Mm -hmm. middle school and beginning of high school is really when we want to be like everyone else. We want to fit in. We don't want to like stand out or have like people notice us. But as we get older, it turns into we do want to be noticed or maybe not like overtly noticed but like we don't want to be like everybody else we want to be unique we want to stand out I think right that's a a lot of times when like we're juniors seniors in high school going into college like we're still developing that and we're still learning ourselves and as we continue college that's when we like have that like aha moment of okay this is who I am and then boom you're 26 and your brain's developed so it makes a lot of sense that at the end of like brain development it is truly figuring out who we are who we want to be And not being afraid to be who we are. Agreed. But I do think that we're lucky because I feel like we're both, we've both figured it out. Not, we haven't figured everything out. (laughs) Disclaimer. But. (laughs) I hope someday we do. (laughs) (laughs) But we have both like come to many realizations and many like developmental and growth pieces of our life that. Like we're saying, like, we don't Mm -hmm. care what people think about us or we're not like chasing after whatever just because it's going to be cool or it's whatever. And it's unfortunate that I feel like a lot of people struggle with that for a really long time, like post brain development fully, (laughs) like they just go through their whole life struggling. And I feel like at some, in some areas, like we all struggle with it, like no matter what, but there's many, yeah, many tears to get to this moment. And there still are <laughs> many tears. I cry every right. week. That's that. Okay. That <laughs> I was going to say, been... I've cried like four times in the past two days. <laughs> that has been my biggest unapologetically myself since day one. I have been a crier. Every freaking emotion that has not well, changed <laughs> from that. So you see me happy crying. You see me sad crying. You see me pissed off crying. All it takes is tears. One thing about me is I'm a cry. I'm a cry. <laughs> it's great. It's fun. That I think that's truly when I'm my full authentic self is when I allow myself to experience my emotions and not give a shit if I cry in front of someone. And I've gotten super good at that yeah. to a point that it's probably uncomfortable for other people. But guess what? I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> you see me crying in the store? Full authentic self. exactly um I feel like in multiple stages of my life I've always had friends like one-off friends like I always feel like I I don't know if it's like I do better with like one-on-one or what but it's like I would always have like my swim friend and then my church friend and then I would have my school friend and my French class friend yeah It's like I had a friend for every area of my life almost. Mm -hmm. And when I was in high school, I always had this guilt because I had friends in so many different like circles of people. And none of those people, most of the time, none of those people either one got along or two would ever like hang out with each other. And then I would always question, I'm like, but why am I like, what makes me like the common thread between this person and this person that couldn't be more opposite? Mm-hmm. Like why, like I would always feel like I was being inauthentic because 
it was like, am I really like being my true self? If I can seriously be friends with this person and this person and this person does illegal things and this person sits on their couch and knits, like, you know? Yeah. I never thought about it that way. I, I have that a lot. And now, even at this point in my life, I still to this day have most of them are the same people. Mm-hmm but still have those friends that not that they wouldn't get along. I mean, we're all adults now. I feel like all my friends, if I stuck them all in a room, they'd all get along, but just very different personalities or people that like I'm close with that. If I brought them around you, they'd be like, are you crazy? Like this girl's a nut job. (laughs) Not wrong. (laughs) And that's why we like her. (laughs) (laughs) Or like uh, one of my friends that you'd be like, how are you friends with this person? They never talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, I I definitely relate. But like, that's such a weird thing. Because it's like, if you're able to be friends with all these different types of people, are they pulling out different pieces of your personality? Like Mm -hmm. how how true and authentic are you? If you're able to kind of like morph into all of these different things? Maybe that's more of like our like questions from last week that you can't really answer. I was gonna play devil's advocate. Or are we just really good at seeing people who for who they are and we're good listeners and good communicators and that pulls out the best in other people? Crack the code. Find so, I mean, they pay me the big bucks. But no, I like – because as you we were talking about this too, like I think that, but I also like relate to you because like in high school I was friends with like every single like friend group. Well, not every single one, not the popular people because I did not like them and they did not like me. Um, but like every other group, like I was friends with so many different subgroups. And I think about even in college, like we had the soccer mm-hmm. girls, I was friends with their swim team. And then I had like my mm-hmm. psychology friends. And then I had like my history friends. So I took more history classes. And I feel like every class I made a new friend and I was like, hey, we're cool. And then right. you'd see them at the library or at the bar and be like, hey, it's you. What's up? Like, cool. We're hanging out. Even though we yeah. like don't hang out ever. But I think about, too, like, being in so many different group settings, like, we connect so well with people that, like, people can bring us places and then just, like, no, we'll be good the whole time. Like, I, like, you, right. I, okay, example, you brought me to, like, your family reunion with, like, your whole ass family. And yeah. you and your mom and your dad and your brother were all in your hotel room and your guys are like, where's Tia? <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, we had no I was idea playing where you beer were. pong with your Uncle Dan and then, um... I think it was like Brogan, <laughs> Shannon, and Mac- I was just hanging out with everybody. And you yeah. came down, and you're like, oh, you're still here. I was like, yeah, I'm just talking. I don't know. Like, I was fine. Like, I feel like both of us are just so <laughs> like that where you bring us somewhere and we'll entertain ourselves the whole time. Yeah. Or you make friends with Everyone. whoever. Yeah, you kind of hit that on, though, for sure. I think there's like we have both a similar unique ability to kind of just like see through somebody. Yeah. And like good, good judge of character in that sense. But I think like, okay, this is going to get very woohoo, but like (laughs) kind of seeing into somebody else's like soul almost like you kind of connect on a level that like takes away all of the extra everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you're, you're a good nut. I like like you. you. Let's be friends. Yes, literally. And then that, that's kind of how you can't explain it to if you, there is a ever question of, and I'm sure, I'm sure I had this in high school, but I just blank it yeah. out. But like, uh, why are you friends with this person? Like they do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I like them. They're cool. We have a good time together. Like yeah. 
they see me for who I am and I see them for who they are. And Mm -hmm. that's it. Like we don't run in the same circle, but I kind of just run in all the circles. (laughs) We run everywhere. We're very chaotic that way. I know on my forehead, I must have stamped. Well, listen and is nice because everywhere I go, someone tries to talk to me and it's, drives so many people bananas because we're trying to go somewhere we're trying to be somewhere and i'm just like sitting and talking and they're just like right we have shit to do and i'm like i'm sorry it was nice to meet you so and so like good luck at your kid's graduation or whatever random shit they have going on i'm like (laughs) tell your kid i say hi even though i've never met them like it's so funny every time and it, it makes me late for things and you know how i hate being late but it's like the only time I'm late yeah. to things is if someone stops and talks my ear off somewhere. Because I never know how to leave a conversation with a stranger. <laughs> no, never. Every time. <laughs> I love it, I though. I do, too. I've met really interesting people. Um, there's this one. That's why we always had fun times when we were yes. out. We would just talk to random people. Like, at Carol mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, we just, we would literally meet every single person. Yeah, we knew everyone. <laughs> Because we just people would just gravitate to yeah. our energy. Tia's energy was doing the worm on the <laughs> floor of the toad. I forgot about that. <laughs> people gravitate to our energy. The energy we speak yes. of. <laughs> uh, but I would oh, okay. What got me going though was that DJ's remix of "My Neck, My Back" and "Swallow." Like that was my jam at the yeah. toad. It still is. I miss that song every day because it's nowhere. Hope that DJ, no idea what his name is. Hope he's good. Hope he's just still playing that jam somewhere. Yeah. So I request it five times a night. Send us your sound yeah, I would I will listen to it every day <laughs> on repeat. I could be your biggest I fan. I am. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, I was going to say, speaking of making friends and talking to people in the most random yeah. places, I can't tell you the amount of people that I became friends with. Because I wanted no part in whatever you were doing. And I just stood under the sidelines and was like, that's my best friend. And people would come up to me and be like, do you know her? I'm yep. like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> and they'd be like, I just love this band. who is she? What's wrong with her? <laughs> She's unapologetically herself. And I'm like, that's, yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's Tia. She's great. Um, and also a little peach snaps just does a little something to you. I mean, right? <laughs> Good times.